A new month, bruschetta with ripe tomatoes and lashings of basil, and a brand new pillow. There are a million things I'm thankful for today, but what is my guest thankful for? You know that whole catfishing thing? I just wrote a whole stand-up show about it, and then my mum came to see it, and she sat next to Nish Kumar. <laughs> Nish went, so did you know any of that stuff? Mum was like, no, absolutely no clue. I was like, I'm not going to tell her. I'm Angela Scanlon, and welcome to Thanks A Million, where we explore our guests' personal gratitude lists to find out the things that have shaped their lives. Comedian and TV presenter Joel Dobbin is host of the mentally popular Masked Singer and Masked Dancer. He's also previously co-hosted I'm a Celebrity Extra Camp for three years after coming second in I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here No in 2016. It was quite a stellar year, it has to be said. He's set to tour the UK with his stand-up comedy show, Unapologetic, brackets, if that's okay. He'll also be hosting the National Television Awards for 2021 this very weak and is himself nominated for Television Presenter of the Year. How's he going to accept that one? I mean, I feel like Graham has done it at the BAFTA. I don't know. Anyway, he'll figure it out. He has a book too called It's Not Me, It's Them, Tales of a Hopeless Modern Romantic. In it, he takes you through his dating life, relationships and sexual failures before he met his now wife, model Hannah Cooper. And a lucky man he is. She is fabulous. Before we hear from Joel, what are the things you're grateful for this week? Gary Knight, my brother, a walk in the park and marvellous fish and chips with mushy peas. Honestly, the very best. Chipper chips just generally, even if you don't want the fish. Sometimes I just get a chipper chips, put it with whatever you're cooking at home. Oh, dribble. Misha, I'm actually dribbling. Health, travelling to Spain to see my family this weekend and waking up every day happy. Maggie Rose sat in the sunshine in Southport to have my coffee and then my lunch joined by my husband who works from home. To finish, this is going to hurt on audio. Oh dear God, I haven't brought myself to listen or read it just yet. Now drinking a glass of wine because I'm emotional after that book, but grateful for doing those three things today. Thanks for those, Maggie Rose. Kaz Revel, one, had a first massage today in over two years. Oh, the joy. I hope it was a good knuckly one. Two, finishing up a few lovely days in Devon with outdoor barbecue. Nice. And three, seven years with hubby and still having fun. Good for you. And finally, Sorel Quinn, a lunch date. Just me and my hubby at our wedding venue. Oh, that's special, isn't it? Our four-year-old wearing his superhero eye mask in case there was anything scary. His words, not yours. When he went downstairs on his own at 7am to play with the dog. Or when they go downstairs on their own. Evening sunshiny hot tub dips in the garden. Nice. Okay, Joel Domit. In this chat, we talk about his transition from comedian to presenter, what weddings are really about, and he's quite an old romantic, actually. That catfishing incident and sex video being leaked, and sperm tests as an oddly romantic gift. By the way, we did sit down in May when people's ideas of a wedding were slightly crippled. Good morning, Joel Domit. You look like a floating head. I mean, you couldn't be any more of a contrast to me. I'm in like a dark room, dark T-shirt. You are like... Very white background, very very white bright hair, complexion. very white face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 
fine. Yin and yang. How's it going today? Yeah, all right. Thank you very much. All right. Yeah, yeah we're, we're currently having our garden done. Oh, so, are it's, you? It's, it's, yeah, well, actually, speaking to you, you know, yeah. a garden expert now. Oh, yeah, that's me. The whole back of our house is all uh, is all glass. Yeah. And, it's quite um, Scandi, isn't it? It's quite scan- Scandi vibes. Mm. I feel horrible because I'm just always watching people working and I oh, constantly yeah. feel like I'm not doing enough. <laughs> so I wake up really early in the morning because they come really early and I'm always like hoovering and busying myself. And even if I'm not doing anything, I've got a notepad out pretending to write because like, I feel like they're always looking at me. That is so funny. But I feel like that might be the case generally. Well, certainly with my work, I kind of feel like I always have to justify what I'm doing. Like if I'm getting my hair done, you know, in real life, that looks like, you know, a luxury. But it is, it is a job. It's a big part of our job. We wouldn't be on the programmes we are now if we just constantly look like shit on television. Yeah, well, I saw you did a throwback. You did an okay cover shoot recently and a throwback to, was it like one of your first tour posters? Yeah, it was my first ever Edinburgh poster. And okay. I was obsessed with jumping in photos. Like that was, yeah. I thought, cool dude. Maybe that's my thing. Maybe I just jump yeah. in photos. And, um, <laughs> high tops. Yeah, high tops on, hoodies, jumping <laughs> in a photo. And, um, and I did that for my first two Edinburgh posters. I was jumping. And oh. I thought, because I was finding it very difficult to find like a USP being okay. a straight white male. So yeah. I was like, maybe jumping is, is my, my thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs> so did you like bound onto the stage? Yeah. You I are a little definitely... kind of like there's a bit of a gallop to you, isn't there? Oh, I'll take that. I'll <laughs> yeah. take that. I definitely, I'm an energetic performer. Yeah. Okay. I'll put it that way. But the funny thing with comedy is I think you've got to, You've got to almost like, you've got to squash that, you know, you've got to try your best to, to sort of uh, dampen your, your energetic, Why? Um, a little bit, because I think genuinely nobody wants to see someone run to the stage. Okay. Like, oh, what? You mean you have to play it cool? You have to play it a bit personally. That's what I think. Because, really? because otherwise the audience is sat there and they're going, that person's too eager. He's a to, bit keen. To, no like, way. Yeah, it's a bit keen to entertain us. Wow. I think you've got, to, you've got to be like, look, this is my job. I'm late. You can laugh if you want. I don't really care. I'm going to do this bit. I'm going to go out. Like, you've kind of got to have a bit I'm of getting that. paid a shit ton. Fuck it See, if you laugh. Whatever, I'm over you guys. it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, I remember doing a documentary with Jason Byrne, mm. um, who, are you familiar with Jason? I'm hugely familiar, yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, Jason genuinely is one of my favourite comedians. Okay, well, that's why I thought, because he has that kind of, and at the time, when I filmed with him, it was in Edinburgh. He was like longest running, you know, consecutive shows in Edinburgh. They're always sold out. And he's an amazing live performer. But I mean, he is wildly energetic, definitely enthusiastic, not shy with saying, I'm happy to be here. And I kind of feel like that's quite contagious in a really nice way. It's very true. That's yeah. very true. So I think there is both sides of both Lean sides into of the gallop, really. Joel, is what Lean I'm going to say. Lean into the gallop. Yeah. I love Jason so much. His infectious He's sort of amazing. energy is just like one of the most amazing things. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm, he, like, every year in Edinburgh, my mum used to always book tickets to Jason Byrne every single year. Yeah. Like, to the point where it was like, sometimes she wouldn't even book tickets to see me. <laughs> You're like, it's rude, mum, frankly. Yeah, come okay. on. Uh, um, just back to your first jumping poster versus your first okay shoot mm-hmm. cover shoot you were referencing the the glam squad mm. 
Yeah. I quite like that you've leaned into that and that you're kind of outing that because I don't think a lot of male performers do. It's genuinely a really difficult thing. I'm not very good at it. Coming from a comedy background, I still sort of struggle with it a little bit, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. I don't know whether I should have a makeup artist. L- last night, perfect example, I did The Cube with Ollie Mertz, right? Yes. And we did it, and it was like a Soccer Aid special. Really fun. And, uh, you know, Ollie has his own makeup artist, has his own okay. hairstylist, has his own stylist. And I just, like, arrive alone. Like, that's just... Yeah. Same with Mask Dancer, Mask Singer... I arrive alone, I have my, I have my little notebook, and then obviously they, they supply their own makeup artists because they, they do that, yeah. but like, I don't have my own, and now, now I'm at this point in my career, I'm like now going like, should, should I, I have like, should I have an entourage? Should you have a team? But I, I think, feel like I should have a team, but I don't have a team. See, Ollie is a different beast, I think, because obviously he does TV, but he comes from music, and I know like mm. TV presenters that I've worked alongside, and anyone who started in music just has an entourage by default. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's yeah. it's just a different beast. I think we're more lo-fi, contrary to popular we're belief. Super lo-fi, and actually, I really, I genuinely do like. I like being yeah. left alone. I think, you know, now we're like three seasons deep. Now I'm starting to figure it out. Like this is what I like. This is what I don't like. I'm a very obsessive person. Okay. Whatever I do, I become completely obsessed with it. This is why I don't allow myself to play computer games because I okay. know I'll become so obsessed with it that I have to become the number one Twitch streamer Twitcher. in the world. Yeah, um, I'm sure they're not called Twitchers. But who knows? Who knows? You know, in the same way that I was and am obsessed with comedy, uh, kind yeah. of in the same way that I've become slightly obsessive about fitness, I am. I'm also very obsessive about the process of presenting and and yeah. the. The like little intricacies of it all that you know, yeah. like it's. Fa- I love it. I really yeah, love it. Yeah, it is, and and I I also think that kind of technical. So I'm a total nerd. Roy, my husband, is like, stop ruining television yes. for me. That's exactly what <laughs> Hannah says. I'm watching it going oh oh god they didn't that was not a good cutaway why did they do that yes. or you're like unpicking it technically he's like oh Jesus I just rather when I you know like believed what I saw we love we love watching first dates right it's such an oh, amazing so show do I. so amazing. amazing but every time genuinely I'm like I think it ends badly like they end the show badly I think mm. it cuts to the credits way too quickly and I, I, every time we like really enjoying this wonderful show yeah yeah. And then it goes straight to the credits. And I'm just like, oh, I hate the way they end this show. They need to do this. They need to do that. They're, it just needs to breathe a little bit at breathe. the end. Give us a beat, Leaves, Just man. give it a beat before you go yeah. to the credits, guys. <laughs> and it's like, we were watching Made in Chelsea the other night. It's like our secret like, love is watching Made in Chelsea. And um, <laughs> it's this thing where they're having this heated argument. And it's, everyone's just like, ah, and this one girl just storms off, goes like, fuck this, I'm off. And just like storms off. And then there's this shot of her from outside walking out the door. And I said, oh, that must have been really awkward when they had to reshoot her walking out again for a second time. And Hannah's like, shut up, you're ruining it, you're ruining it. (laughs) But it is so true. And it's such a fun game when you're into it. Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. (laughs) Um, Okay, more nerd talk later. But what is the thing that you're thankful for today, Joe? The big thing I'm thankful for today is that I've really found myself this whole year really being thankful for such a silly thing because it feels quite generic and silly but like 
I've be- we've become very thankful for our wedding. Oh, yeah. And I, I know it's like, it, it's, it feels like it's a shit answer, but I feel like actually no. it's, there's quite a lot behind it because this year's just made me really realise what a wedding is for. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really realise that until after the wedding and yeah. <laughs> after a pandemic. So what, so what is it for? What do you feel like it's for now? I just feel like it's a bookmark in your life and it's like a moment that you all remember it's like a sort of stop in the road, like a service station that you can all know, you all, you, all your memories can collect at that moment and be like, remember that moment when we were all there and we were all really happy? Obviously, a lot, a lot has happened this year where we can't be together and we're all been pulled apart. And we only had a very small wedding. There was only 29 people there. It was in Mykonos. And so, it looked beautiful. Thank you. And uh, I did lots of jumping. Lots and... of jumping stuff. <laughs> and uh, it's that, that's exactly what happened with this year. Everyone was pulled apart, so we couldn't see those 29 people. And secondly, we couldn't travel. And so it made us just really hark back to that one moment that we were all together and we were super happy and it was just a dreamy day. And, and Hannah's, Hannah's mum's had like some issues this year with, with being ill. And so it's just been like looking back to that moment and looking back to those photos and looking at how happy Hannah is and looking at how happy her mum is. It almost is a moment where you go, oh, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter how bad things get because things yeah. were so happy then. And I, I never thought that was what a, a wedding was for. That message and that meaning behind a wedding has been lost a lot, I think. Well, it's a big old party. It's supposed to look fabulous. Everyone, it's like yeah. all about the aesthetics and about, yeah. And actually it is that when you you look back, it's that little moment with your mum or with your dad or with a sibling. And and I think probably brought into focus when maybe people are no longer with us or things have changed or, you know, you, you get a different perspective on it, I think. A hundred percent. And I think I've really tried these last two years, three years or so. Someone said to me, like, try and take ego out of as many situations as you possibly can. Yeah. And How's that going? I re- Oof, it's difficult in our job. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> uh, it's... Uh, it's it's a really amazing. I don't know why it stuck with me. They just go take the ego out of everything, yeah. and and it's when you really think about situations when you take an ego out of it, it really makes you really understand what things are for. And like the trouble is with weddings, for instance, your ego goes out of control. And most people, what they do is they go, I want as many people to see me having my day, yeah. and I want as many people to see how rich I am, and I want as many people to see how how cool everything is and I've got this mm-hmm. and you can't afford this you know and it's like take the ego out of it it's about everyone that you love there yeah. and in reality you don't love 200 people everyone says this once you've been married everyone says I wish I did it smaller yeah. anyone who's getting married who's listening to this just fucking go smaller get, go smaller yeah. cut away those periphery friends man Do- 
But do you know, I think that would be so comforting because I thought what you were going to say is, I am glad I had the fuck off wedding because nobody can have it anymore. But it's actually the opposite. And I think that would be really comforting to people who did envisage that 200 person wedding and who are now on 25 or 50. And that feels like a squeeze. But actually it makes you, it focuses the mind. Like you said, right? It's those moments. It's all about moments. If you have 150 people at your wedding, like and I'm, even 70 people at your wedding I don't know how you're many people you're spreading the moments pretty you know, thin it's like you're spreading those moments thinner right and mm-hmm. I've been to maybe two or even three weddings where the bride and groom don't know me I'm just like yeah. a plus one of, of Hannah or whatever yeah. and I get that I have to meet them on their wedding day like that's such a weird shit thing to do like why I am I here why are you yeah. paying for me to be here paying for me yeah but, but that's meal? because they like Hannah presumably yeah I know but like <laughs> What we found at our wedding was really nice is that because we had so many, so, so little amount of people, those yeah. people all connected more. So there's like a fallout group from a wedding group yeah. of friends. And we had like yeah. a WhatsApp group together and we were all just like texting for like a oh. year and a half. It was so lovely. Which is also lovely, that crossover in, because I do think a wedding is literally the, the gathering of all of the people that you love most in your life. Mm. And so... But often those groups don't merge or mix and it's on that day. So it's lovely that there's a kind of, you know, continuation of of that after the wedding. But then also on the other side of things, which I do also realise, is that people do have an extravagant day because it is their day to feel like a prince or princess, right? It's their day to have loads of money spent on them to go for to go it. for it because mm-hmm. for many people that is the only day of your life until your funeral which you're not invited to yeah. like you're we're still paying for it you're still paying for it yeah you know and what i do realize is that in our jobs often we are made to feel like princes and princesses every day I agree. and I agree. so Things that we value are different to things that other people will want and value. You'll get dickied up for Mass Singer or you'll go on the red carpet, you'll do the thing. And exactly that, the idea of being fitted for an incredible dress for a bride is like once in a lifetime kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, it's kind of, oh, Jesus, I have to get sewn into another dress. <laughs> you know, the big thing for a, a wedding is to get tailored suit. Like everyone's like, yes. I'm going to get tailored suit. It's because I You're had... Mr. Tailored yeah. Suit. You're like, can I please wear a mankini? <laughs> well, I, I'd never, I'd never, uh, I'd never gone into like a, a designer store and bought yeah. off the rack. And I was so excited you to do that. You spoiled brat. And Are you saying you've had tailored suits all your life? Well, I have, like, for the Mars Singer, and I had for yeah, other yeah, jobs, yeah. I'd had tailored suits, and I was so, I wasn't really that excited about going in and someone measuring me for a suit. Yeah. So I just was so excited about just going into Burberry and being like, I want that one. Oh, hello. That's right. How are you, Roy? He hasn't figured out that this is my office and that I'm working. Would you like to say hello to Joel? Um, Oh, Oh, your phone's ringing. It's all falling apart at Angela Scanlon's house. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm usually a professional. Um, Roy, leave me to my job. Out you get. We're against the clock. I've I've got a question for you, first of all. Either Roy is very short or your door handles are very high. Our door handles are very high. Yeah, which is great when you've got a three-year-old. That's, why are they so high? That's so weird. I don't know. It's like an arts and craftsy thing. Did you I design them that No, way? I didn't. I know. No, I think they're a bit creepy, if I'm honest. With you. 
It's fine. <laughs> Makes me feel really, you know, grand. Really, yeah, yeah. really small. Yeah, exactly. Um, so sorry, where were you? Suiting, yes. You're a spoiled brat. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah, I basically You've are. been ruined. Um, yeah. Okay, I like that one. I like that one. There's depth to it. It sets the scene. Okay, the thank fuck for this. It's, it's again, feels very, um, very surface. But yeah, um, that's good. The thing I've, I'm really like, just, oh my God, thank fuck for this, is the fact I've got a gym in my I garage. I knew you were going to say gym. I know. I had to say it okay, at some point. Okay, yeah, it was coming. I'm so sorry. It's what, fine. What an absolute prick. No, it's good. Is. Do you know what? And I do think a lot of people will relate to that, especially during this past year. It's like, a bit of bench pressing has kept me sane. That's Ooh. not me saying that, but I imagine some people would say that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It's just kept me on the straight and narrow. Yeah, okay. It really has. Yeah. Like, I can't express how much it's just given me a real sort of focus and a routine to every day. Yeah. Like, it's... It, it just me... It, it, I didn't... Approach every day like another day of nothing, yeah. of ending nothingness until we get out of this shitty mess. You know, mm-hmm. it was like today I'm going to do this, 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 okay, this. Okay, so there was a uh, program. You know? Yeah, so I follow a pro, and yeah. that is that is everything to me. Yeah. It's like following a program. I have to. It's like I'm a real list guy. Yeah. Okay. So I like every day I write a list. At the top of that list is write a list yeah. and then I cross it out. And do you tick them off or is it just a security thing that you never actually fulfill? I have to cross them. I, okay. I don't tick them off. I cross them out. Oh, mate. it's like I scribble, hard scribble. It's like, yeah. Fuck done that. this. Washing yeah. done. Done. Yeah. Done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. And so, yeah, the workout thing you say, like it kept you on the straight and narrow. Is that your kind of, not your crutch, but is that your go-to? Is that part of what like, yeah, keeps you sane? I, it just completely keeps me grounded, I think, Level. and normal. Hannah hates me sometimes, okay. but I'm literally like, we're trying to watch TV and I'm like... Squatting. Watching t- I can't just watch TV. I've got to like watch TV and be rolling out or stretching oh, wow. at the same time. And like, can't you just fucking sit on this sofa and watch TV you, with me? Literally, that is Roy. Bet. Ooh, I've got a little bulging disc here now. I need to... <laughs> stretch my quads out here I'm like oh yeah okay because he's always having to stretch for that that door handle the door handle is absolutely killing him but also he has these bars that we've put between like two walls and he goes out in the morning you know has Mm. a coffee goes out and hangs from his bars to like align his back we're we're so weird as creatures like it's so weird this job it can very easily lead you to becoming an absolute egomaniac yeah. where you believe that anything that you want has to land in your lap. Yeah. And that's where, why people become horrific human beings really quickly. Mm. And I genuinely believe that, like, because I've got friends and family around me who are very down to earth, that really obviously helps. But also yeah. the fact that I do this gym stuff, I, like, probably twice a week go and work out with my friends yeah. And it's like, I'm the worst one there. Yeah, okay. And so I go and do stuff with them. They will laugh at me because I'm so shit. And it's like, it's it's the only time where I'm in the room where everyone's going, like... you're a dickhead instead going, of, it's Joe, so damn shit. it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so they're, they so heckle you in a healthy job. way. Oh my God, it's like, yeah. I'm, so, I'm so bad at it. That's what you need, so though. Bad at That's good, that's good. Keep you, keep you sound. 
Keeping me sad. Keeping you sad. Because I'm such a weak, weak boy. <laughs> I feel like I don't know if you're inclined towards that. What do you mean? Well, like, I think you've been around long enough. Do you know what I mean? Like, as in, I think sometimes there's the overnight success, but I feel like you've had a kind of, it's been a steady road and there's probably been sorry you're looking at me I'm like oh I I don't know sometimes my choice of language sounds really insulting (laughs) I'm not I mean that actually it feels like right now you're everywhere but you've been there and then not there yeah that makes sense I think it's so it's been steady it's been a real steady steady old road like people didn't realize that I've been doing stand-up comedy for like nine years before I went into the jungle. You well, know? that's what I mean. Everyone thinks, Joel, Do- he was on the jungle and now he's everywhere. And you're like, yeah. yeah, but also there was telly before and there was stand-up before. And it's, you know, like the foundations have been set, I think. And it's quite, when you've had those, you know, ups and downs, you're able to kind of hopefully refer back to them. Yeah. In order yeah. to remind you that this is, you know, not necessarily forever. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, or enjoy I, it while it's there. The thing I always think is that you're always two jobs away from being unemployed, yeah. right? And you're very lucky if you're in that scenario where you've got two jobs. But like, there's something weird about this business. When you've got two jobs, you feel invincible. Literally, like, untouchable. Like, you feel like you're like, oh my God. I'm going to work until I'm 80 years old when you've got two jobs. Yeah. <laughs> because, you, because you're on two television shows, you're like, oh my God. Woo, 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 woo. That's five Ferraris. Yeah. And, and, and then you, but it's so quick. And I've seen it happen to so many people. Yeah. That like, they lose that job, they lose that job, and then they're nowhere. Yeah. And, and then there's a like weird question mark over why yeah. that has happened. Completely unrelated. One wasn't recommissioned, COVID, ha- whatever totally. it might be, like nothing personal. But then suddenly, oh, wasn't, they were really busy for a while and they're not anymore. Yeah. You know, something sticks a bit. Yeah, exa- exactly. And it's, yeah. um, it's a funny thing. Like everyone is always so surprised that I'm nice. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's why? Because they think thing. you look like a dickhead, or why? No, I don't think they're, they're like they're surprised that me in particular. Okay, is nice. I see. Everyone's always just like, "Oh, thank you. You're you're so nice. Thank you so much." Like, I think because horrible people constantly surround this business, they expect mm. everyone to be dickheads. Like, it's such a fun thing to do for a job. Why would you not be really lovely to everyone? Yeah, and also the result of that is always infinitely better. I would argue yeah. because. Yeah. People are willing you on. There's like an energy there that doesn't exist if you're an absolute twat. I, d- I really think like in comedy and in presenting, for me, I've always from the beginning, there's always been people who are more talented than me, but I've just been the nicer option. And I think that's just kind of how I've built my career, really. It's like yeah. people have always gone like, oh, we could get that other comedian who's slightly funnier, he absolutely smashes it, but like I can't deal with him backstage. Let's just get Joel. You know he'll do a really good nightmare. job and he's like nice, you know? Yeah. And actually, it's not it's not necessarily the glam thing to say, but I remember Davina McCall saying that and she was like, show up. You know, there are loads of people mm. who are capable, but it's what surrounds you as well. People want to want to work with you. You know, it's not just about whether you're talented or yeah. not. There's a ton of people who are talented. It's such a basic yeah. ask, yeah. right? Like everyone... 
makes out that this industry is so difficult and mad, and it is yeah. in so many ways, but when all you've got to do is turn up on time and be nice, that's all do you've it. got to do. And genuinely, it gets you so far in this business because so many people do not do yeah. those two things. Yeah. I think it's transparent. I think people now, because we've got social media, no, we know people more. And so I just don't think, mm. think we're savvier or we're more in tune. Yeah, like you say, it's like this sixth sense for... Sixth sense. You're like, I like her, but... Yeah, oh, something's don't... weird about it. And it's probably because it's not right. And it's like, it's like when you watch Love Island, right? When yeah. two people get together, immediately you know whether it's a thing or not. Like yeah. even without them saying anything, without them doing anything, they stood mm-hmm. next to each other and they just interact you're like that's a vibe well that's, that's not it. a vibe like it's yeah, yeah yeah we've all kind of weirdly because of love island we've all developed yeah. this amazing sixth sense, sixth sense. <laughs> long may it last okay is there a present that you are most grateful for so hannah last year for my birthday bought me a sperm test wow and uh there was a weird thing where she bought me a sperm test and a stud finder and a what? You know those things that find electrical wires in walls? <laughs> that is like literally the measure of a man. A yeah. stud finder and a sperm test. A, sp- a, sperm, a sperm finder and a stud, <laughs> a stud test. <laughs> so, so the sperm thing was, was that... Mad. Go on. It was, it was just, well, it was like that thing where like... We're not particularly looking to have children right away. But you also are, aren't you? But we are so kind of, well, like, we just want to prepare ourselves for yeah. the moment that we do want to do it. Because and... I remember the time that we met, and sorry if this is too much, but I remember you saying, how, like, how is it with kind of our jobs? Which is a, yeah. a question that I get from so many people and also a f- real fear that I held prior to having my daughter. So, yeah, I can totally, yeah, relate to that. Yeah, kind of... we just want to prepare ourselves for when and if it does happen and you know talk to people like yourself and kind of get a broad scope of things and one of those things which I think so many men neglect is that if you can't have children if you do struggle with it then it's potentially the man's fault which a Mm -hmm. lot of people again take the ego out of the situation. It's like loads of men will be like, oh, I've, uh, stuff My comes out. My swimmers are fine. Yeah, stuff comes out, so it must be fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I was just like, oh, I should, have a, I should just get a sperm test. Yeah. And just see, how, see the vibes. What did it entail? Oh, mate, it's, it's so fun. It's so fun. There's something really fun about doing it into a pot. <laughs> pot? It's more like a cup, is it? It's like, it's like, it's like a little tub. And uh, the difficult part was like, it said, you've got to make sure that all of it yeah. goes into the pot. Right, okay, that they don't swim off before you seal the lid. Yeah, as if they're like, because it needs like, all, it needs all of it. I don't know why it needs oh, all of it. okay, so it needs the like... It can't go everywhere and then you just get the last drip. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Okay. So, so, um, was this an at-home situation? Yeah. It was, and I, and we were. I'll be honest. I didn't do it for a really long time because yeah. it was it, like we always laugh. We were like, oh, I'd be really. We should do it together. Right. Yeah. Okay. But like, to make it feel intimate. But no, you not, got a magazine out. No, that's old school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's weird. You like. 
Because it's never going to be a situation where you're having a really intimate, fun time. Whip out the tub. Excuse me, let me just get a little pot out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, and then you put it in an envelope and sent it off. No, you you do it. It's basically a COVID, it's like the COVID tests. It's exactly the same. And then you you have to do loads of different things. So you like mix it and then you mix it with something else. And then you put it into this COVID test and you wait. It's basically, it's mad, it's mad. It's absolutely mad. And so it's basically telling you you're good to go. Or... It tells you whether you've got like a percentage wise above a certain amount. Wow. And I was, I was good, man. You were good. Yeah. I was Great. good, apparently. It's an oddly romantic present. Because on the surface, it doesn't sound romantic. But underneath, it's like, you know, I'm ready to have your babies. Or yeah. like, that's a chat. Yeah. You know, which um, obviously you're married, so maybe you had that chat already. (laughs) It's kind of confirmation that she's still here and willing. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I'm I'm okay with that one. Okay, is there a thanks that got away? The thanks that got away, I think, is an interesting one because I could just say thanks to this person. And I, I probably do, okay. but it's... Okay, well, maybe now's the time. Now's, maybe now's the time. Um, <laughs> but the Domits as a whole, yeah. as a family, we just do not communicate at all. Okay. Like, we just don't communicate. We like, and by that, I don't mean we, li- we don't speak. We speak all the time, yeah. but nothing is said. We're so bad at saying how we feel, okay. whether that is soppiness whether that is mm-hmm. problems whether that is like it, it's all masked in this this oh it's looking on my it's all like manic okay. energy right um, but i think that's very much translated to me in my comedy career yeah. <laughs> it's all manic energy but it is that like vulnerability is often the base of yeah i've really comedy had a lot, isn't to it? learn it it's taken a okay. long time. So what, to learn how to like express yourself in a sincere kind of way? Yeah, or? Yeah. yeah, to communicate. Like, yeah. I really remember all the relationships I've been in before Hannah, I would just kind of not really talk and like a problem would happen and I'd just go really silent and like just okay. sort of like... Withdraw. With, and I would just like, just stiffen up and just not... Uh, but Hannah taught me, and I think I learned from previous relationships of like, oh, that's what went wrong. Cool. Okay. And then I just yeah. suddenly, as soon as I got into this relationship with Hannah, I was like, I was like, oh my God, talking is so great. <laughs> and so was that her? Is she a big talker? Is she like, we need to go through this problem now? It's funny, actually, because I don't necessarily think she is. Like, okay. I think we both found that at the same time. She has said to me that in previous relationships, she was like an arguer. So she would like hit things head on and just like explode. Yeah. Whereas I don't let her do that because I go, okay, so let's, let's discuss why you think you are frustrated. Okay. <laughs> okay, you seem upset right now. Should we lie discuss down this? on the couch? Pet. Yeah. Let's have a chat. It's kind of like that. And it really annoys her, but it also gets okay. to the, gets to the base of the problem and then we can move forwards, you know? Okay. Because I'm really not a, like an engager. Like I don't, I don't explode. I don't argue. But I also... Oh, so you don't like confrontation? No. Do you hold a grudge then? That's what I think I would have done previously. Okay. And again, it's that thing of trying to take the ego out of situations. So, so yeah. if you take your ego out of it, 
it changes everything because so yeah. many arguments you are in because you want to win them, but you don't care about what the argument yeah. is about. So like yeah. people shout each other all the time and you realize it's like you, th- these people just want to win this argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the reason for it has, uh, they Go forget on. why they're fighting. They're just determined to win. They don't want to solve it. They just want to win it. So remind me who we're thanking now. <laughs> I can't remember. This is the Domets. We're thanking the Domets <laughs> for, <laughs> for... So I think, I think at the beginning of it, I want to Teaching thank... you what not to do. No, no I want to thank my mum, I think, for okay. getting me to this place because she is like the rock of our family. Like she is an incredible human being, my mum. She brought me and my brother up almost single-handedly. And she was working like two jobs at the same time. And what's wonderful that I'm realising as, as an adult as well, it's, it's amazing. She was, you know, obviously in a divorced relationship mm-hmm. and never at one point did she ever say horrible things about my dad. Which is incredible. Which is such it's brilliant. A, an amazing, beautiful trait. I think that tears so many families apart. Like, she could have our entire lives been like, oh, this is one time your dad did this, your dad did this. Don't don't be nice to your dad because he's hard. And it just completely, like, it just sows the seeds for just, like, anger and hate throughout everyone's lives. such conflict for, you know, a kid or a teenager to be torn between, you know, yeah, it's it's devastating, actually. And she's, she's just so optimistic and she has so much energy for everybody. And I think what's amazing is that... So she wanted to be an artist when she was younger. Okay. And her dad wouldn't allow her to go to college to study art because her dad was like, you need to be a secretary. You need to get a real job, sort okay. of that vibes. Yeah. So everything I've done, she's always fully supported it. And, like, you know, if I wanted to go to this drama group, or you know, the fact I was doing stand-up for so long yeah. in my in my 20s... A lot of parents would be like, maybe you should probably think about going to university Joel, now. Joel, it's time, pet. It's time. But it's she just like always supported it. And was all, she was always at those gigs where I had like three people there and it was horrific, you know. Oh, we love her. Okay, so this is explicitly saying thank you. I yeah, feel like sorry. maybe once we, once we finish, you should call her as well. I probably should, yeah. You yeah, know, or else nice. just send her the link when this comes yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, that's much su- easier. Surprise! <laughs> yeah, it's that's easier than eye contact. <laughs> I genuinely, there's been moments where I've written stand-up shows about things. And, like, that's the way that I tell families Yeah, stuff. okay. Okay. And how do they feel about that, generally? <laughs> it's like, I did, you know that whole catfishing thing where I yeah. just sort of, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. I just wrote a whole stand-up show about it. And then my mum came to see it. And she sat next to Nish Kumar. <laughs> and they walked out afterwards. And um, Nish went, so did you know any of that stuff? Mum was like, no, absolutely no clue. I was like, I'm not going to tell her. She's and sorry, mom. just quickly, like that stuff that you're referring to for anyone who doesn't know, in a nutshell? In a nutshell, <laughs> I, uh, I, bust, I bust my nutshell on the... Uh, <laughs> on the interweb. On the interweb. <laughs> And, um, yeah, I just I got into a, a, a mad catfishing scandal. It was really... I, so yeah. this, like, woman basically tried to blackmail you or did attempt yeah, to so blackmail they, you? Yeah, they, so they pretended to be someone online. I thought that they were legit. Yeah. I ended up... And you were having, like, a little moment. We had a moment over, yeah. over Skype. Okay, and then, fine. And, 
after it happened, I was like, I don't think that felt very weird. Okay. Oh no. And then I, then it just always haunted me in the back of my brain. I was like, I didn't feel that was very odd. Oh no. And then if anything is, especially in this day and age, if anything's too good to be true, it's almost it's too, certainly it too good to be true. So how long afterwards did it come back to haunt you? Quite a long time, actually. Really? Yeah, probably about sort of three or four years, something like that. So, they so really what, like, And do you think they were like waiting until you had a moment and then pretty boom? Pretty much. They, and they, they catfished a lot of people. There was this Channel 4 documentary about it that this guy okay. did. And it was really, it was really funny because this guy had had a real horrific time with it and you know i my way of dealing with with it was to write a stand-up show about it you, and laugh but about i it think that is exactly to. it like you owned it in a way that i think a lot of people would have gone down yeah you know whereas <laughs> i feel <laughs> sorry those are not a great choice Again. of words but like i think yeah yeah i just think it, it actually like added I don't humanise you or something it's odd it's all stuff that like everyone does you know yeah. it's fine let's just get over it it's like but this guy came to interview me and he was like he he sort of really weird it was really weird he like accosted me backstage at like one of my tour dates sort of knocked on the stage door and was like can I interview you and I was right. like oh right weird fine. but fine and then uh, he was like oh yeah he's like oh I was talking to this girl, same girl you were speaking to. I was talking to her for about sort of a, about six months before I finally trusted her. And then we had, we had Skype sex. And she he said, Joel, how long were you talking to her before you trusted her? And I was like, about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like, do you want to Skype sex? I was like, yeah, all sure. right, cool, let's do it. Oh my god, I love that. Okay, so your mom, your mom really does, you know, need the apology. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, not apology. Sorry, but what a way to find out. Yeah, it's better. Yeah. It's it's um yeah, everything's she knows now. Everything's out there. It's fine. Is there a thank you next? So this is like a chapter of your life that you're happy to see the back of. I remember when I did my first series of Extra Camp. And yes. I remember hating it. Did you? So this is after winning? Yeah, after winning the next year. Yeah, and I with who? I was with who Scarlett and Joe Swaff. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't hate it because of them. I didn't hate it because of, of the course. production or anything like that. It was more me being really horrible to myself. Oh. I really... Was, I was just, I remember I would just go to the gym afterwards and I'd call Hannah on the way home and it was hard because of the time difference and the, and my, my reaction when, when I'm not doing something, when it's not going well for me, is to dig deeper, work harder, put in more hours. And so I was getting up earlier and earlier and earlier to try and go in okay. and write the scripts and and like micromanaging every word and every comma and every joke and every bit. And really like, it was so crowding. Controlling it. Was it. So controlling, completely crowding my mind. I remember I'd go on every day with these cards that would just be, have be littered with words and writing and biro. And I was like, there's no way of me being able to, 
read this because it's just littered oh, when with you're so like much. glancing at it yeah and i know that now that was my first serious real job on television that was that's what extra cab is so good for because it's yeah. like an apprenticeship in tv like it's got mm-hmm. auto cue on it it's got live uh, like live it's 21 days of live television you're script writing you're doing sketches you're doing interviews you're doing it did like you you also get to interact with the two biggest presenters in the country and I feel like it's quite wild. I imagine you and Joe Swash and Scarlett, to be fair, together was quite wild. Or were you able to let go if you were kind of in your head a lot? I didn't really. Because it's, you know you've got to do it again tomorrow. So yeah, okay. you can't stop. And also because of the hours of it, I was getting home. I just remember like crying on the phone to Hannah, just being like, I'm so, oh, I just remember being like, I'm so shit at this. I'm so shit at this. Which was not the reality of the situation either. And I think that's that's the learning process of it. It's so much of this is confidence and yeah. understanding your process and going, okay, littering your card full of biro and jokes and little is not making you better at this job. No. And doesn't leave any space no. for your own instinct and quips and wit to come out, which is why you're there in the first place. I always live by this weird little mantra and it's yeah. as... Prepare as much as you can and then don't give a shit. And I think that applies to our job more than ever, as well as comedy. Mm. If you're too uptight, nothing gets through. Nothing feels like organic. But you've prepared it all. It's all in there. You just got to trust that it's all in there. And and trust that what needs to come out will Will come come out. out. And that's that's the hardest part of comedy and presenting stuff is trusting trusting trusting. yourself. And I think that that does come when you know what you're doing. When the technical thing isn't consuming your mind, you're able to mm. enjoy the performance or be in the moment a little bit more and trust that you'll find your way. Yeah, exactly. You know. So then the first yeah. year was just, ah, oh, it was daunting. You know, and it was just every year just building on it. And it was really funny, actually, in the third year, uh, Adam Thomas came on as the co-presenter. Yeah. And I love Adam so much. He's just got such an amazing, infectious personality and an enthusiasm for everything he does. Such a lovely man. And um, he came on. He'd never done presenting before. And I could see that same anxiety that I had in that first year. And he would come off and he'd be like, I'm shit at this. I don't know how to do it. And he'd be crying and he'd be like, I don't know how to do it. And I was like, I'm telling you, man, I was there. I was there like two years ago. I'm in exactly that same place. It's all about just relaxing and just like enjoying the vibe. But it's so hard to tell anyone that. So much easier said than done. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, such a good lesson. And I imagine now, you know, when you're doing those big Saturday night shows where eyes are on you and you're the only one there, there is no one to throw to. There's no distraction. It's you. Um, that there's a nice foundation there. Yeah, and because it, it all feels easy now compared to yeah. like doing mad 13-hour days in the yeah. middle of the night plus this, 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 all live 21 days. Blah, when you go to Mars yeah. Singer and it's just like... Hello, hey, welcome to Mars Singer and you're home for dinner. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, it's zip. Let's go home. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I love that one. Lastly... Is there a hashtag blessed moment? I think when I got the NTA job this <gasps> year, my problem and 
the way I deal with things is I try not to enjoy them until they're done. Oh, it's a bad move, Joel. That's, I know that's a really horrible thing to do, but in another aspect of it, that's the way that I have to deal with things. Otherwise, I do a bad job. Okay, okay. Because if I get too excited about it, I put too much pressure on myself. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God, this is a really big job. Oh, no. Okay. And I ruin it. Whereas yeah, if I, I just like go, like, oh, the NTA job. Chill. What NTA job? Okay. You know? Yeah. And then, but it's, it's really, it's really big and it feels really grand and it feels like such a privilege to be asked to do it. Yeah. You know, it feels like the, the sort of, the peak of that journey that we've sort of talked about going from that, that moment when after an episode of Extra Camp, talking to Hannah on the phone, crying my eyes out. Yeah. To presenting the NTAs mm-hmm. is like such a huge journey that's taken, you know, five, six years. Yeah. Six years it will be. Which is not that long. It's not that long. You know. But it's like a lot to yeah. learn. It's just, it, it is that moment where you just go like, oh, I'm really proud of myself and I'm proud of the people around me. Like the wedding, it's like a real bookmark in your life yeah. where you go like, oh, wow, that was the moment that I was like rewarded for being nice and working hard really yeah and being good and also I just think you know obviously Dermot's done it for the last number of years and it feels like such an iconic job Mm. you know to stand in front of a room of your peers is you know it is such a privilege to do and it's like a big old gig in the O2 and it's like (laughs) raucous and rowdy it feels like you know one of the big ones that and the Brits is kind of you know they're those shows you know I can't I feel like my intro has to at some point say like I'm Joel Dommett I'm host of the NTAs there is about 50 people in this room who would be better at this job than me. <laughs> well, fuck them. <laughs> but I've got it, so in your face. And I've got a, like, yeah, you'll be there in your sharp suit, which obviously mm. is the signature. Um, exciting, though. When you look at the roster of people who've done it before, it is Trevor McDonald, it's Dermot O'Leary, it's yeah. like, you know, Eamon Holmes. It's like people who aren't known for being cutting or like you know, harsh. It's people yeah. who are known for being brilliant warm. at their job. Yeah. Like warm, yeah. like like dependable, like mm. brilliant, you know? Yeah. And so that's that's all I'm gonna try and do with it and just try and be warm and fun and have try and be funny and be me, but like yeah. just enjoy just enjoy it. Oh listen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for chatting today. Good luck at the NTAs <laughs> and everything else in between. Thank you. But yeah, it's such a pleasure to speak to you as always. Big thank you, Joel. And the NTAs are this Thursday night, the 9th of September on ITV. If you're that way inclined, good luck to all of the nominees, actually. And if you missed them, we have already had TV queens, Joe Brand, Alex Jones and Alicia Dixon this series. So listen back to those guys. And as ever, if this has sparked some ideas about what you're thankful for, I would love to hear all about them. Thanks a million trio at Angela Scanlon via Instagram or Twitter. And we will be releasing new episodes every single week, so do subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts. And we also have the Thanks That Got Away mini pods, courtesy of you, released every single Friday. Short, sharp, sweet, little burst of 
delight into your ear holes just before the weekend. So go and listen to them. If you want to get involved, they are all created by you and we need your stories and if you are loving the show please do write a little review for me if you're feeling a little charitable and tell your friends on your many groups on Facebook groups if that's still a thing maybe you know wherever really you socialise thank you to my producer Louise Mason and to you the listeners see you next week